White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23, Chris Tanhill at Chris Tanhill. Locked On Sox is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there and subscribe, and maybe you'll win a prize pack from us at Locked On Sox. If you want to leave a voicemail, 312-566-8727. 312-566-8727 is the way you leave a voicemail. LockedOnSox at gmail.com is the way you leave an email. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, doing fine, Herbie. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, so we're recapping game one of the shortened twin bill with the Detroit Tigers. It was a perfect night for us to get the night off on Wednesday night, and uh, you know the, the rain washed that one away, so we get two games on Thursday, which I'm fine. Do you, do you like, I think we covered this a little bit last year, uh, but do you like the, the, the doubleheader with the seven innings apiece, especially if the Sox win? Uh, uh, what your thoughts on those, uh, those type of doubleheaders? Um, they're better than nine-inning ones, but uh, I wouldn't want them in, like, this season. Uh, 162 uh, um, game season. I thought it was great for last season. It fit the purpose because you don't want these guys to be exposed to each other that long. Now that we're coming out of COVID, I hope by next year, CBA is signed. We go back to regular nine inning um, regular double headers. If you're going to do it. And also let's do back to back. These, these uh, split double headers are just dumb. Just spending way too much time at the ballpark. I understand the reason they're trying to get two gates, but these uh, regular normal double headers should go back to nine innings. I don't like them now, but you know the White Sox are probably going to win too. So <laughs> they've won their first one versus Boston, and now they're going to win this one versus the Detroit Tigers. So let's get to Game One versus the Detroit Tigers, shall we? The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. White Sox win it by a score of three to one in the first game against the Tigers, and. There's no better place to start than with Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon was awesome in that game one. Just unbelievable. He continued his torrid uh, month of April. We've, we haven't seen this guy before. We've talked about him being a pretty good pitcher in the major leagues. When he is healthy, this guy has never shown up. He had the Tigers on whatever he wanted tonight. He was just throwing strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. The back foot slider was there. The 97-plus fastball was there. I don't know if it's like a it's like a slurve or a curve. That's there now. The change-ups there. I mean, full arsenal. And as Stoney and Jason Benetti were talking about, 
he can put it anywhere he wants to now. And that is a thing that he had troubles with fastball command and, and control. He doesn't have any of that in this first month of the season. It's great to see. Yeah, I think it all, like with any pitcher, it all starts and ends with, with fastball command. If you can pinpoint that fastball anywhere you want it to go, if you you know just look at his uh, at his pitch map and the, the chart, like he was pounding the strike zone with that fastball, except when it was in a pitcher's count and he was in most of the day, then he would get that riding fastball going for the occasional strikeout. And it was just a thing of beauty. He worked in the changeup, the slider, and the curveball, just throwing everything at Detroit. And yeah, and we'll talk about Dylan C's a little bit tomorrow, but this Tigers lineup is not a world-beater lineup. But the, the pitching that we saw from Carlos Rodon today, that plays against any lineup. And you've, you've seen that already here uh, in, in the early going here against some good lineups. And the, Carlos Rodon's been consistent. He's been consistently good. And we'll get to some of his uh, numbers as far as where he ranks in, in, in tops of all of baseball among starting pitchers. But it was just an outstanding outing today for, for a team that really needed it. Let's be real. This lineup that the Sox rolled out in game one was not one of the better lineups that we had seen. It kind of looked – No, it was like – Again, we talked about this earlier on in the season with this roster. It sort of looked like one of those like transitional lineups like, you know, and not everyone's here yet. Not all the draft picks are here yet. And guys like, you know, Luis Roberts down, uh, uh, you know, he's in Charlotte still. So we have to have like, you know, uh, who is it? Uh, the uh, Matt Scully, no, <laughs> Matt, Matt Scull. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Cody Ashy, you know, just pick your poison. Of Charlie any... Tilson. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what it looked like today. You had Jake Lamb in that lineup. So they could have used a solid outing from Rodon which they ended up getting. Carlos Rodon in game one, uh, he records his eighth professional start with 10 strikeouts plus. He goes six innings, two hits, just the one run, just one walk, 12 strikeouts, lowering his earned run average to .72. And one thing I like to keep track of, Herb, when, when I'm watching these guys out there, especially a guy like Rodon, who you're trying to, to, to track his progress and, and see his growth as a pitcher, I like to see how many times they get ahead of hitters. How many times do they put themselves in a pitcher's count so you can truly utilize the, the stuff that they were given? You know, So Carlos Rodon got ahead of at least 13 hitters today uh, of the hitters that he faced. It's easily way more than half, and that's just the, how you set the tone. That's how you, you know get that fastball over four strikes early, and then you have just the, your arsenal to play with. I mean, there's so so many things about what Rodon did in this game I like. Just he was perfect through three innings, and then he kind of struggled a bit in the fourth, but then he got right on track. And, you know, it, it just, you know, seeing the, the filthy changeup that he got Jones with uh, to end the third, you know, the, the rising fastball he got to uh, end the, the fourth, I believe it was. It's just, it's awesome to see Carlos Rodon here in this stage of his career. And, it, you know, it's unfortunate that we're only seeing it now. What is it, like seven years after he was drafted? But this could be one of those keys where, you know, eventually you get everyone back on offense and, you know, the bullpen stabilizes a bit. But how do you win a World Series, Herb? What's your path to winning a World Series is getting career years from guys you didn't expect. And I don't think any of us expected this type of year so far from Carlos Rodon. Right now he's 4-0. You know, I know wins and loss records don't necessarily matter, but you're, he's giving his team a chance to win every time he goes out there. In Major League Baseball, here's where he ranks. In, in your earn run average, he's a .72. That's good for third overall in baseball. He's third overall in, in whip as well, and he's first in batting average against at .72. 
085 for Carlos Rodon. Mm. So it's just filthy, filthy stuff from Rodon. And he's becoming appointment viewing, really, every every time he's out there. And, you know, just weak contact. You know, uh, the whiffs today, you go to, you know, Baseball Savant, you can track the whiffs for Carlos Rodon uh, in his start, the swings and misses that he got. 23 swing and misses from Carlos Rodon today. Compared, That's elite. Yeah, elite level shit right there. And Casey Mize, who had a nice start uh, up until the wheels fell off and he lost control a little bit there and the White Sox were able to break through and we'll talk about that uh, offensive explosion in the next segment. But, you know, just tw- Casey Mize only had 13 for reference. So Carlos Rodon gets 23. Mize had good stuff, but Carlos Rodon was, was that much better. And I thought he was going to be on the receiving end of a tough luck loss today, the way these uh, bats were uh, not showing up. But uh, no, it was, it was a really good start from him. And right now we're looking at Carlos Rodon as a possible candidate for American League Pitcher of the Month after, of course, the no-hitter. And it's just, I, I can't get over just the, just the, what a different guy he is out there, you know, and who knows what it was, whether it was, he says it's, you know, basically being left for dead baseball-wise and the Sox giving up on him, but then being motivated to come back for a winning team. Whatever it is, it's it's clearly working. And, you know, I just, I, I love seeing him every time he's out there. Yeah, he's just filthy right now. Um I whatever it took, and it's credit to him and whoever worked with them. If it's Ethan Katz, if it's his wife, wife Ashley, who's uh, the term "ride or die" doesn't get uh, get said way too much. She is exactly that. She's a ride or die. And if it was his daughter Willow, uh, you know, having new kids and um, a, a purpose, a new purpose in life might drive some people and. We all know that he came off of Tommy John. So last year was his first time he really was pitching off of the Tommy John, and he wasn't good. We pretty much said, no, that's it. We're good, Carlos. And I was happy to see him not get tendered in December or November or whatever it was. And when he got called back, I was not that happy. You, I said, I remember you saying, hey, $3 million might be good. This is turning into a huge, huge bonus for the White Sox to have him. Now, you know, I would always pre- present the conundrum of, do you keep him? I know everybody out there is like, come on now. You finally get struck gold with Carlos Rodon. You got him for a cheap number. You want to keep this guy because maybe this is unlocked now. And now forward, you got a guy that's a stud. But I would say with his injury history, you got to think about maybe moving Carlos Rodon off of this team. And I, I'm sorry to be this guy. Wait, wait, wait. Tra- trading him within this season to try to get something this for season. him? Mm. Yes. Yes, within this season. Because, because we're seeing something that he hasn't been. Sure, yeah, I agree. And so this is the highest value Carlos Rodon has had as a White Sox pitcher. I'm not saying do it just for shits and giggles, just to get anything for him. But if somebody's offering you something really good – you know you have reinforcements with Michael Kopech coming up to the rotation, and we're seeing what we saw in the game two of Dylan Cease. I don't know if that's real, but he looks really good. So maybe you have a chance to parlay on this good Carlos Rodon. I'm not saying you do it, but I and I but I have to be this guy. I have to bring up the points where this is the reason why I was not too uh, poo-pooing this move 100%, because if he does do – uh, a representative job, which this is way past that, you could have a guy that you can flip at the trade deadline. But 
kudos to him. He should win American League Pitcher of the Month for the month of April. He has been dominant, and it's great to see. It's great for his family. It's great for him to work that hard to get to this level. And he is on pace. I think uh, it's safe to say he could be an all-star. I know we're a long ways uh-huh. away, but uh, he's certainly on that trajectory. I mean, he's you know he's been consistent throughout. So let's just let's let's just talk about this because it's something I've been thinking about ever since he threw that no hitter about bringing Carlos Rodon back. You know, we know famously Carlos Rodon is a Scott Boris client, and typically those guys don't sign team-friendly uh, extensions, you know, or, you know, like, you know, he's going to hit the open market, you know, and it didn't do him a lot of good last year, you know, even with Scott Boris campaigning for him, you know, he was non-tendered and brought back at a fraction of what he was going to make. So I, I think maybe we're in a different financial climate. I think maybe uh, in next year's offseason could be different, but who knows with the C- new CBA coming up. So that that's an interesting perspective there. So, you know, that, that it begs the question. So if you get like, uh, let's just say a, a corner outfield power bat to, to fill in for you until Eloy comes back. Because right now this team needs some more offensive pop, I think. And the, the you know bottom end of the lineup got it done today. But so far your, your stars really are not hitting like they've proven they have. Jose Breu's off to a slow start. And you need a, you know, a little bit more of a spark offensively in order to, to make this really worth it. So is that what, if you're Rick Hahn and you've got your Teflon suit on, what are you looking for on the open market if you're willing to shop Carlos Rodon? Uh, what it will probably be in the middle of uh, his best career season. Um, I'm probably looking for a prospect, a high-level prospect. I don't know if I'm going to get a person that is ready for um, major leagues right now, right now, like to give you some uh, at-bats for this for the stead of Eloy. I'm just looking to parlay this into something that I don't think that Carlos will be for the rest of his career. So I know he's not this. I know he's not top of the league, uh, sub-1 ERA. No one is. Yeah. But is he... Is he a three ERA guy? Maybe going forward. Yeah, maybe. But do you roll dice with that? Especially like you were talking about, he's a free agent after this year. And if he is somewhere like a rejuvenated guy, like uh, Esteban LaWise did with his career or Jose Contreras did with his career, he's going to make a decent buck on the free uh, free agent market. We is, he's under 30, right? He has very little innings under his arm. He's been through the Tommy John already, so that's what most people worry about. And now he has a year. Yeah, I would think about maybe moving him instead of losing him for nothing. Or I don't even know if he would be, you know, if you would tender him a deal. And I don't even know if that would be a, even be a thing with the CBA expiring this year. Uh, if the, the tender would uh, hold like a second round draft pick. So, I just got to think about those things. I am, you know, if I hear about a deal that was favorable for the White Sox and they didn't do it because they thought Carlos could help them in the playoffs this year, that's going to be like a, a bitter pill to swallow. Like, I like their thinking, like, hey, this guy can help us in the playoffs. I don't want to trade him away. And if we do lose him for nothing at the end of the year, it's worth it because this guy's a high-level elite pitcher this year. And then I got to say, all right, White Sox, I might disagree some some part of that, but – your process and thinking that is not faulty. And I like where you're thinking. So I just got to keep your minds out there, folks. I got to, I got to have that, that, that thought of the White Sox might have to think about these things because this is an amazing season that we did not see. And we've seen these things before and didn't capitalize on them. We traded guys way too late after their all-star seasons, after their 
breakout seasons that we didn't see. Avi Garcia, we see the Carlos Quinton things, the Gordon Beckham things. Got to think about maybe moving this guy at the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, I I just don't know if you'd get anything that that's worth getting back in return for for a, you know let's say half a season, you know in, you know because I don't think a, a contending team like you'd be basically dealing him to a, a competing a competing team like someone who's also playing for the same World Series championship you are I think and I think you know I wouldn't obviously wouldn't trade him within the the league I wouldn't think you know but so that that's something to think about too because if if I'm Rick Hahn and I'm Tony Larusa with my with my mask just dangling below my my upper lip. Like Carlos Rodon's probably my game two starter right now in a, in a postseason series. Uh, what where you know Giolito him Giolito him. I think if you go by okay. the way these guys are pitching now, you know, and Rodon misses more bats than Keuchel does. You know, and and Lynn he's out of sight, out of mind right now because he's still uh, on the uh, injured list but I think right now if it started today and and, and you needed to, to have your rotation set I think it's Giolito and and Rodon and I think I feel pretty good about that because you give the left-handed look and then Rodon's been missing way more bats and he's having a better year than any of them and Giolito would only be getting the the start just out of you know uh, him earning it last year I don't think he's done much to you know to to keep that title this year but i think just you know we're you know grant a, a few you know you know grant us a few just grant us some leeway here and, and you know realize okay Giolito's probably going to come back to form he looked mm-hmm. good enough in his last start so we're just going off that as a premise but yeah i think rodon would be my game two starter and right now you know obviously you have to look at any deal that comes on the on the table but i just don't think they'll get anything worth rolling the dice i think if, if i'm Rakan, i'm saying you know what i'm just going to I'm going to, you know, ride this until the wheels fall off. And if, if Carlos Rodon has a career year and we're not able to bring him back, I'll deal with the, the heat from that and let him get his payday elsewhere. I, I don't think I'd even be willing to pay him beyond, you know, I don't want to be, you know, at the table with Scott Boris trying to, to you know, buy Carlos Rodon services for multi years after this. I want no part of that, you know, unless he wants to sign in a short term three year deal before the season ends. You know, I don't think he would do that. I'd be in business for that. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to be any part of uh, what happens with Carlos Rodon's negotiating after the season's over, unless he really loves it here and really loves Ethan Katz. I was listening to his post game. He was talking about what the difference is. And we talked about what, what it could be. And he's, he gives credit to Ethan Katz and that that velocity belt, man, and and just you know getting the velo back and get, getting the control back and the strength back in in his legs, and that's that's been setting up everything for him. So unless he feels like oh I, this is the only place I can I can you know thrive, then so be it. But yeah, I just I don't think I would do that if I'm Rakan. Obviously, if if I knew what the offer was, it would be a lot easier to say. But I'm not giving away my game two starter in a postseason series quite yet. Although I am in agreement that this is an impossible trajectory to to keep up you're talking about jake arietta in 15 and the first half of 16 here these type of numbers and i I just don't think any pitcher it's only a matter of time right before that eventually runs out and you know so but you know we'll have to see how this shakes out um 
Man, we spent a lot of time talking about Carlos Rodon here today. Um, we got to get to some of the uh, the curious uh, managing here. Uh, it's been a trend of the week. We're going to touch on it briefly because we're almost out of time. But we'll talk about this this pivotal inning in Game One against Detroit that kind of had a scratch in our heads. Next on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Locker Room. Welcome aboard Locker Room. They're one of our new friends, new sponsors on the show. Locker Room is the live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders all in real time. They're perfect if you're going to do a watch party, a debate, a post-game breakdown, or just maybe reacting to the big news of the day. I'm hoping Herb and I will get to get down with the Locker Room app during the regular season, and you guys can interact with us on there, and then maybe even we'll share some of our interactions right here on Lockdown White Sox. So all you have to do is download the Locker Room app, and best of all, it's free in the iOS App Store. All you do is create a profile, link it to your Twitter account, and then join your preferred league. And don't forget, folks, we want those takes spicy on the Locker Room app, okay? Download the Locker Room app in the iOS App Store today. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days. It's become impossible for your traditional chain storefront to stock all those parts that your car's ever going to need. So why endure that process of going into the store and asking what you think are dumb questions and you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory on their computer and they only choose the brands that they happen to carry? Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of auto parts at rockauto.com in your pocket it's right there on your phone silly you know there's a lot of reasons to maintain your automobile i know herb and i are thinking about hitting the road here we're making our road trip plans for pittsburgh in june and i know if i'm going to be driving i want to make sure my car is running in tip-top shape you know we're approaching a couple hundred thousand miles on that thing and you know i want to make sure herb and i are safe on the road to pittsburgh so whatever my car is going to need to keep me on the road longer i'm going to go to rockauto.com and get those parts. And I know by shopping at rockauto.com, those prices are going to be reliably low, not just for me, not just for you, but for everybody. You see, because those chain stores, they charge different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers and professional mechanics, but not rockauto.com. Their prices are always reliably low. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I think I'm going to need some new air freshener before we hit the road here with our, whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. And best of all, it's delivered right to your door so go to rockauto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck write the promo code locked on in there how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right so tony's had a bit of a rough week okay uh, you know we it's been a great topic on sports radio the way he uh, mismanaged the end of that ball game and we had, we had a good show and lots of interaction with our do managers matter show the other day but uh we, we we were talking about this moment as it transpired in game one of this doubleheader against the tigers let's take you back a little bit shall we the Sox are down one to nothing in this ball game uh entering the the fifth inning in the bottom of the fifth okay and things are looking bleak remember it's a, it's a seven inning game only at that point mm-hmm. but you go to this fifth inning here, okay, and Casey Mize starts to lose it a little bit, starts to lose control of that fastball, and it, you know you can't set up your other pitches like that. That tight 
breaking ball slider, and I saw it register as a knuckle curve a couple times. Like that, mm-hmm. that that's a that's a thing right there, man. You know, breaking in on the left-hander's hands, like that's you got no chance against that pitch. But when you can't spot the fastball, it makes it a lot more difficult. So to start the bottom of the fifth, Jake Lamb singles on a sharp line drive. Yes. Okay. So Jake Lamb, who you know we keep saying every day, why is he even in the lineup? And he gets his hits every day. Um, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, and maybe there's a method to Tony's madness. We'll get to that in a second. So follow Lamb's single. Andrew Vaughn draws a walk. Andrew Vaughn with a really nice day today between the two games. Uh, Zach Collins then draws another walk. You know, on, on four pitches. So it's pr- pretty evident that Casey Mize is starting to lose it a little bit here. So, and now you have a big spot in the ball game with the bases loaded, with Billy Hamilton in the on deck circle. And now the pitching coach. Uh, comes out for a mound visit, and you're wondering what are they going to do? Are the Tigers going to bring in someone? Uh, is Tony going to all of a sudden have a pinch hitter at the ready? Because all of a sudden you're looking at the 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 eight nine spot in the lineup with Billy Hamilton and Leury Garcia coming up with the bases loaded, and we talked about this before it happened. And I was talking to Shane Reardon at the Score Studios about this today. You have Luis Robert, who's finally reinstated off off that little you know couple day respite that he had, whether it was the scare with the flu like symptoms, and he's back on the roster. And you have your mean Mercedes sitting there on the bench when all you need is a sacrifice fly, fly ball, or God forbid you hit a grand slam in that situation. Uh, stranger things have happened. You have those two guys on your bench, those power bats, and Tony decides to run out Billy Hamilton and Leury Garcia. Now, Billy Hamilton ends up tying the game with a very weak ground ball to Miguel Cabrera, who misplayed it a bit, and it was almost a double play. I don't know if you're going to double up Billy Hamilton, but you're certainly— Oh, it was hit hard enough. Yeah, he was getting doubled up Okay, there. you think—yeah, so I'm trying to remember. Do you think he could have stepped on the bag and thrown home? And he was, I think he could have thrown home. If, if you have a good first baseman there, I know Billy Hamilton has plus-plus speed, but— the ball was hit pretty hard right at the third, right at the first base, at the first base bag. He should have been out. The infield was drawn in. The throw should have been home, right back to first. You no run scored, double play. I thought that should have been a thing, and I hate the rule where you can't assume a double play, and so there's no error. That's an error on Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. So the game ends up being tied, but. He- I can't believe that they sent Billy Hamilton up in a situation like that. Bases loaded, nobody out with the opposing pitcher on the ropes. Like that, that to me, yeah. that was uh, unforgivable, almost as unforgivable as allowing Leori Garcia to come up right after him. And again, Leori Garcia came up with a huge clutch. Uh, two-run single there to break the game open, 3-1. to one. Mm-hmm. That's what the Sox end up winning by. But we don't talk about results on this show. You guys know, the, the, the P1 day one listeners know, we talk about process over results, process over everything all the time. And to, to believe that Billy Hamilton and Leary Garcia should be getting at-bats in that situation, to me, is a real head-scratcher. Real flawed. The only thing I got gave Tony an out on is saying, okay, He's sending Billy Hamilton up there to bunts, get a suicide squeeze, safety squeeze, see if we can manufacture a run that way. The guy knows how to bunt, so that's the only reason he sent him up there. But to let him swing away, wow. And amazing, amazing that the White Sox didn't get caught up in that right there. Because if that happens, where I talked about Miguel cleanly fielding that ball, a former third baseman should have, throwing home and then them getting a double play. And then you have Lurie Garcia come up and you know, Tony's going to bat Lurie there in that situation. Like he did uh, all day long and he gets out. Oh my God. (laughs) We thought yesterday or two days ago was bad. This would have been on top of that. You lose two or three 
at minimum to Detroit because of, as the fans would think, Tony LaRusso's moves or non-moves. Yeah, that would have been a, a motherfuckers would have been on <laughs> twelve. But I was, uh, you know, it- I, I I I was like, I know he's not happening. I know, and you're mild mannered, calm. So for you to say that is amazing. Well, because I'm mild mannered and calm, you know, obviously they, you know, Leary came through, and I think. It's 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 a big deal for for Leary in that spot because he's had a shaky start to the year and you could tell like Leary he's been here long enough like I said he's been here uh, since the Obama administration he's been here since 2013 so we kind of get his demeanor and he's a guy who usually plays loose has a lot of fun but it's evident that he's playing a little tight and he's come up in a lot of big spots and he hasn't come through usually he'll at least give you some contact but he's you know striking out a ton but for him to come through i think that was big and and i don't know if it's a method to tony's madness here but i think maybe getting these guys involved in big spots and showing hey i'm putting my trust in you in this spot here in the ball game i have no doubt you're going to come through for me i've got better options on paper here but you're my starter today and i'm not going to pull you out here in the fifth inning because if i don't trust you now then when could i ever trust you and i think this is a thing with with good managers generally speaking is they like to get their guys involved get everyone involved on the team early enough in the season so they're counted on because they know with injuries these guys are going to have to be counted on so I don't know if that's this is a part of it so if it is a, a, a part of the the Tony La Russa Hall of Famer baseball person method where you get everyone on your team a shot to play in a big spot and you put their trust in them and they're going to put their trust in you and the teammates put their trust in each other and in their manager and that's just something that's going to pay off tenfold as you get down into you know the, the dog days of August and you get down to the pennant chase of, of September where you're every every at bat is important and you need to be able to count on everyone on your team so are you buying that maybe as as uh, as sort of like a, a big picture philosophy for Tony that maybe that's why he's doing stuff like this you know we we get crazy wrapped up in results in one game of 162 but the the net positive of, of putting Leury in that spot today and having him come through is probably going to be something that's going to pay off later and we'll, you know he had a nice day in game two as well so there was a, an immediate sort of you know uh, you you get an immediate positive uh, reinforcement from that in game two but do you buy any of that as sort of like a, a managerial philosophy I mean, it's the first time I've ever heard it, and it makes sense. But also, I'm a guy who thinks these all these games matter. So, so I would disagree with him on his process there because the Sox don't have a margin for error. And I know the Twins are bad right now. You need to build a nice lead up. The White Sox, with the people have missing have missed time. We've seen Lance Lynn miss time, Tim Anderson, and of course Aloy they don't have the margin for error that they might've had if that's a full strength team. So to be trying things out to not trying to win the game that's in front of you. And it's not, he's not trying to win it, but it's a thing of everybody says managers only job is to put their players in the best position to win the game. And in that regard, I don't think he put his team in the best position to win. Like you said, it's a seven inning game. Luis Robert just came off the the IL, which is for flu. He didn't come off with the injury, a lingering thing, just the flu, and they put him on the IL just for COVID restrictions and making sure that he's good. A bat right there for either of the guys would have been my ideal thing right there, especially Billy Hamilton. He hasn't hit his whole career. 
So if Luis Robert goes down swinging there, are you mad at Luis Robert? Maybe. But are you mad at Tony for making that move? No, not at all. He put his team in the best position to win. So the fact that it worked out, and I'll put those in quotes, worked out because (laughs) of Miguel Cabrera and because of Lurie coming up and taking advantage of the situation and grabbing a nice hit and hitting two guys in doesn't mean that it wasn't a bad move. It was a terrible move. And you don't see the fire in the the brimstone that you saw the other day when Tony did a move that or a non-move of not taking Lucas Giolito out and it backfired. The team lost. Then you see the immediate backlash. This one, the White Sox win. So the backlash is from some people. I saw White Sox Dave being mad, uh, P. Knowles being mad, other people being mad about the move. But you're not getting that fervor we had on Monday. So. This is what we always talk about. That's why I tweeted like, man, what a great masterstroke by Tony. With these <laughs> great moves of keeping Billy Hamilton and Lurie Garcia in because they came through and they won the game for the White Sox. And so, yeah, it's 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 one day it's you're in the outhouse. The other day you're in the penthouse. It's just this, those moves that he made today were way worse, way worse than leaving Lucas Giolito in for me. All right, well, that's all I got. You know, Liam Hendricks comes on uh, and gets the save, and the Sox win 3-1. to one. They take game one of the doubleheader. We'll come back and preview tomorrow's episode of Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you today by Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is in the rearview mirror, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing, along with baseball. You can bet on baseball every night if you'd like at betonline.ag. As a matter of fact, they even have award show props, TV show props, and reality TV show prop bets for you to indulge in even when you're not watching sports. And best of all, the odds are updated in real time on almost anything you can imagine. Maybe you're like me and you don't like to bet on baseball. Maybe you follow the markets and you want to place a bet on how the Dow is going to perform. You can do that at betonline.ag. You can bet on the New York Lottery on betonline.ag. They've got everything, even pro wrestling. Monday Night Raw has prop bets at betonline.ag. They've got you covered on all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to sign up to place your bets. And best of all, friends, it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code when you sign up. Our promo code is locked on. That's locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our new friends, a new sponsor. Welcome on into the show, 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by the 10 most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life, and she deserves it, doesn't she? folks they're available now through mother's day only only at bluenile.com that's bluenile.com search the words 10 by 10 this collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and they're fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful i'm on bluenile.com right now and one design that stuck out to me is number five lola fenhurst 
This designer out of Paris has crafted a quiet yet luxurious ring with beautiful ascending beads, which is a good metaphor for a union. You can purchase that ring at the 10 by 10 collection now at BlueNile.com. That's the number five Lola Fenhurst out of Paris. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. We'll break down game two uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's kind of a crazy night here with the, the split doubleheader and the NFL draft, and we had a rain delay uh, at, the, at the start of that second game. So we're a little bit off here with our show times. We, you know, you know what they say: you make plans, God laughs. <laughs> so we'll be back with our breakdown of game That's two. What they say? Yeah, you know, I've heard it. Uh, but, you know, we'll be back with our breakdown of Game 2 and Dylan Seas' amazing outing uh, on Friday afternoon sometime. You can have a little lunch with Locked On Socks. How does that sound, everyone? So that's all I got tonight, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3. Our show is at Locked On Socks, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. 312-566-8727 is the way you reach us via voicemail and if you want to write us for a mailbag monday episode locked on socks at gmail.com is the way you can do that so for chris Tannehill, this is herb lawrence thank you for joining us on a game one recap victorious game one recap of locked on socks